0: What an honor uh, to be with you here at CIL and be a part of this Refresh Conference. I would ask if anybody remembers me in 2009, but maybe you weren't even here yet. How many have come here since 2009? Would you? All right. Yeah, most of you. So that's why I I wanted to do that. But uh, it's always a joy to be connected and just see what God's doing in this this great church. So before I get into my uh, message, I want to just let... This church know how much I love and appreciate your pastors and my friends. Aaron and Beth Allison are awesome people, and we, we love them. Appreciate it. Amen, Pastor. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. Thank you for your friendship. I honor you. And, you know, I especially, of course, uh, uh, this past May, I celebrated 40 years of full-time ministry, even though I don't look that old. I had to beg for it, but I got it, didn't I? Huh? I had to I had to be. 36 of the 40 years I've been a traveling minister and evangelist. And I love it when pastors have a heart like Pastor Aaron to say, you know what, once a year... We're going to focus on refreshing and reviving our spirits, and thank you for that. Thank you for your heart for this, and as an evangelist, boy, that, that really means a lot to me, okay? Uh, listen, when I speak in a church that has multiple services on Sunday morning, I always want to ask the first crowd a question, okay? So be honest. How many come to this first service because you're a morning person and you're wide awake and, man, you got a smile and you're just ready to go? Lift your hand if that's all right, okay? All right, listen. How many come to this first service because you know the preacher's on a time limit and he can't preach? Very, would you lift your huh? Would you? Huh? Would, <laughs> Only three people telling the truth, and the, so i 'm going to give an altar call for liars at the end of this that 's what i 'm going to do. You guys have been busted, and your pastor was watching he saw that all right yeah you you know we can 't get going in stretches there 's another crowd coming in yeah you you know that so anyway i'm i 'm joking i 'm going to be very aware of of the time and and all of that listen. Uh, I want you to do this with me. Would you just lean over to the person next to you right now and just ask them, how does it feel to be sitting by the best-looking person in church today? Would you ask them that? Huh? How does that feel? How does that feel? Huh? How does that feel? Great. Amen. Amen. Listen, <laughs> I saw the looks that some of y'all got, so we'll, ju- we'll just go right on by that. All right? We, we will. Listen, we're going to get into the Word of God today, but I I do want to just pause and and let you know it's not the reason we're here, but we do have a table of ministry products set up in the foyer. If you're a reader, I've written a couple of books that are out there. Um, I want to say thank you to this church for your faithful monthly support to help us with our missions ministry in the country of Costa Rica. CIO, you're such a blessing to us on a monthly basis. Just a 60 seconds to let you know. Because this is not what this is about today, but just to let you know that in Costa Rica, we are a part of a hope project, which our ministry target is the less fortunate people of Costa Rica. Our ministry center there is called the Refuge. We have a boutique full of donated items where we help people from the less fortunate areas. It's children's clothes, diapers, formula, you know all that that it takes to raise kids. But our ministry philosophy is not to enable people, even in their dark times. So what we provide at the refuge is we provide work classes. In other words, the people from the less fortunate areas come in, and we're going to teach them a trade. We don't want to just keep feeding them and giving them stuff. We believe they can better themselves and get out of where they are. So we have ladies that come into our center that are teaching these ladies how to do nails, how to cut hair. Men are teaching carpentry, mechanics. We want to help them do better. Our testimony is the first family that came through our ministry center six years ago. The lady now owns her own hair salon. And so, see, that's what we want. That's what we want to do. We want to help them better themselves and and know that they don't always have to be where they're at. Thank you for your monthly investment there. Now, I went down that road to let you know that the T-shirts on our table go into all the world and preach the gospel out there. If you go by and get a T-shirt, that is specifically toward helping us in Costa Rica, okay? So they'll be on the table out there. They're (laughs) $10,000. I'm just seeing who's awake. 20 of you are awake. I woke you up with, who wants two at that price? Uh, No, I'm totally kidding. Just trying to make sure you're awake here. But if you get a T-shirt, everything else is Lynn Wheeler ministry. My daughter, five months ago, was crowned Miss Middle Tennessee. How long y'all want me to talk about my daughter that I'm proud of? I can go a long time here. No. So as a result of that, she participated in the Miss Tennessee pageant at the end of June. Now, the judges said she didn't win. I'm telling you, she won. She won. I'm, I'm, tell, you hear, I'm joking. I'm, we congratulate the girl that did. Totally joking. Anyway, I'm telling you about my daughter because she wrote a Christian children's book that we also are carrying out there. So if you have small children or grandchildren, they might be interested in that. You can come by and, and get Carissa's book out there. All right. Would you take your Bible, your iPhone, iPad, ever how you look at the Word of God, do you mind standing with me? Let's honor the reading of God's Word in our text today. Is in Psalm 85. Psalm 85. Our text is verse 1. We're going to go through verse 7. I'll be reading from the NIV. If you carry a different translation, it might vary just a a little bit. Psalm 85, verse number 1. A prayer prayed by the psalmist goes like this. You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Verse 4, restore us again, God our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Watch verse 6, friends. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. Father, now would you add your anointing to the preaching and teaching of your word? May I be anointed to share. May these people be anointed to receive. Thank you, Lord, for connecting my ministry to this great church again. May you receive all glory in this house today. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. You may be seated if you promise to amen the preacher. Boy, look at this. Everybody said, we're going to have fun today. Yeah, it's In case you're a note taker, I'm going to share with you today a message the Lord's given me. I'm calling it the cry for revival. Everybody shout revival. Revival. The cry for revival. In this refresh conference, we're praying for a refreshing in this Sunday morning worship experience. In 1857, and friends, if I can earmark that day, by saying it again because it'll be important at the end of this illustration. 1857, there was a man named Jeremiah Lamphere. Jeremiah lived in New York City. He lived downtown. Jeremiah was a lot like God's people today in the fact that he loved God with all of his heart But he never felt like he had gifts or talents that he could offer the Lord. So he really never found his place on how God could use him. And he struggled with this throughout his entire Christian journey and his entire Christian walk. One day the church leadership called him in though and they asked Jeremiah if he would serve as the inner city missionary for the church. Wow, this was it for Jeremiah. He thought, man, this is... This is what God's called me to. This is what he, he wants me to do. And so he was ecstatic. He was excited. So he, he got all these posters. He got all these tracks. And so he just randomly starts walking up and down the streets of New York City, passing out tracks, talking to people about Jesus, putting up posters. And, and you can imagine the response then was probably about the same as today when you go up to talk to random people. Zero. He got zero response to that. Most people didn't want to listen. He did it for two or three weeks, and he just thought, wow, you know, this this isn't working. So he went to the Lord in prayer, and he felt the Lord impress him as the inner city missionary to the church to call a prayer meeting. So he changed his whole philosophy. He made up these posters, and he began to invite people to a prayer meeting on the third floor of the Old North Dutch Reformed Church on Fulton Street in New York City from noon to 1 p.m. every Wednesday. And that's, that's what he was, he just knew that this is the answer. This is going to bring revival to the inner city. The first Wednesday come comes, he shows up at noon to pray and nobody's there. Nobody came. He waited about 15 minutes, got down on his knees, prayed by himself. Went the second week, nobody came. He's still inviting people. He's still passing out these tracts, telling everybody to come. Three weeks, nobody came. Prayed all by himself for three weeks. The fourth week, it's noon. It's time for the prayer meeting. Nobody's there. Gets down on his knees, starts to pray again. But this time at 1215, five people walked in with him to pray. Well, you know, when you've been going through four weeks of praying all by yourself, and all of a sudden five people show up to pray with you, it feels like a million. Are they? I mean, that's just, oh, this is great. His spirit's encouraged. So he kept doing it. The next week, 30 people came. The next week, 40 people came. Finally, other pastors started coming, from, and they said, you know what? We need to do this in our church We need to do this. So downtown prayer meetings started going on in New York City. Within six months, there were 5,000 prayer groups going on every day in New York. Soon the word started spreading all over the country, and people started doing these downtown prayer meetings. Specifically, there were outbreaks in the city of Philadelphia, Detroit, and Washington, D.C., Specifically, President Franklin Pierce, who was president at that time, came to the Washington, D.C. prayer meeting from noon to one. And they met every single day by 1859. I'm bringing this in for a landing. We started in 1857. Now we're in 1859. 1859. Two years, in two years' time, 15,000 cities in America are now having downtown prayer meetings, and friends, literally thousands of people came to Jesus Christ as a result of those prayer meetings in that two-year revival. Do you know what excites me about this story? I'm excited because that revival was not started by a mega church and a rock star preacher. That revival was started because one man said, I'm going to pray if nobody else prays. I lost both of my eight manners I had a while ago. Huh? <laughs> that revival started because one man said, I'm going to be faithful if nobody else is faithful. I'm going to be And and, and I'm going to stay with it if nobody else did. Because he knew that the Bible said the way for our land to be healed in in 1857 is the same, friends, as it is today. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek his face, turn from their wicked ways, our land will be healed. That's the way revival breaks out. Do it again, God. Do it again. I've made this statement everywhere I go. All these years I've been traveling. I probably said it in this church. But CIL, it has never been as true as it is right now. Our world needs revival. Our world needs a spiritual refreshing. It needs it. You know, now, growing up in church, I grew up in church all my life. Raise your hand if you did too, all right? A lot of people saved later. I grew up, okay? So, when I'm thinking about this and preparing for this message, I'm thinking, okay, revival, refreshing, what does that all mean? So, because I grew up in church, and some of you may remember that, when when you hear the word revival, you know what it was to me? We're going to have a guest speaker, an evangelist come in, and we're going to church for consecutive nights. Now, I just scared some of you to death. You're struggling with 30 minutes here, aren't you? (laughs) <laughs> no, we're, that's what we would do. We would go to church like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I'm sorry. I'm really scaring you. Hang in there, church. I won't be here next Sunday, okay? Just hang in. All right. That's what we would do. And so if you said to me revival, that's what I thought. We're going to have a guest preacher, and we go on to church consecutive nights. But when I'm preparing this, I'm thinking, no, there, there's got, it's got to be more than that. So I'm searching. I go to Webster's Dictionary. And I'm thinking, there's got to be more than that to it. Not that Webster's Dictionary is anointed. But while I'm reading down through the definitions, I came to one that finally resonated in my spirit. Please hear me, friends. This is a definition. Again, I'm not saying it's anointed. But listen to this definition of revival. An improvement in the condition or strength of something. Okay, I want to say that again. An improvement... In the condition or strength of something. So suddenly it dawns on me. Everybody smile, even if you got to fake it. Some of you do. It dawns on me. You know what revival is? Revival is when you and I come into this service today, we will leave better than when we came. I'm going to leave better. I'm going to leave having improved the strength and condition of my spiritual journey. If y'all don't smile, I'm going to preach till 3 o'clock, huh? Huh? I'm going to leave better. Maybe it was a worship song that we sang today. That made you say, oh, man, that strengthened me. That improved. Maybe it's a word that somebody's speaking, but I'm going to leave better than when I came. And you know what? That's revival. It's different to different people. If you came to church sick today and you leave healed, to you, that's revival. If you came in broken and you leave restored, to you, that's revival. It might not have been anybody else, but to you it was. Lord, send revival to our land. Now, here's the key. I'm going to give you the formula, then we're going to my main points. Revival starts with me, and it starts with you. The psalmist said, chapter 51 and verse number 10, Create in me a pure heart. Everybody shout, me. Me. Create in me a pure heart, O Lord. Renew a right spirit in, in me. It starts with me. So the Lord would have us to have an individual revival Start with me. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse number 5. When the scripture said that he saw the Lord high and lifted up, you know the first words out of his mouth were, Woe is me. Woe is me. Woe is, he wasn't looking around at everybody else. So see, revival starts with you and it starts with me. But here's the good news individual revival spreads to a corporate revival. So it starts with individuals at CIL, then it spreads to the whole church. Where me becomes us. Psalm 85, verse 6, will you not revive us again? Everybody shout us. Psalm 80, verse 18, then we will not turn away from you. Revive us. Everybody shout us. And we will call upon your name. So individual revival now transfers to corporate revival. Starts with me and you, now it spreads to the entire church. Two things I want to talk to you about today. Number one, God has done it before. Number two, God will do it again. He's done it before, he will do it again. I want to take you, in fact, we're going to take two minutes and we're going into teaching mode I'm going to take you back to our text just a moment. Lean over to the person beside you and say, stay awake for the teaching. Would you do that, huh? Come on, stay awake for the... Come on, lift your hand if you just woke somebody up. I want to know who's sleeping while I'm preaching. All right. Man, a lot of finger pointing in this church. I need another sermon here, I think. I want to show you God's done it before. Here's what I want to show you, though, in our text, Psalm 85. It's very important. I want to show you... That before the psalmist ever stepped up and asked God for revival, he thanked God for what he had already done. Look, verse 1, you, Lord, showed favor to your land. Catch this, friend, showed, past tense. You showed. So, he's thanking God for what he's already done. You restored, past tense. Lord, you've already done this. Verse 2, you forgave, past tense, the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. Past tense. Verse 3, you set aside all your wrath and turned, past tense, from your fierce anger. So, before he ever stepped up and said, Lord, would you bring a refreshing? Would you bring a revival? He took three verses there and said, thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. Would you wave at me in the house if God's been good to you? Come on. Would you? come? Hasn't God? I want to tell you, friends, God's been good to us. And before we step up and say, Lord, give us a refreshing, give us. I believe what the psalmist is trying to teach us here is don't forget to thank him for what he's already done. Don't forget CIL to thank him for moving you from that school to this beautiful facility that you've got. That the church has grown and you're working in missions and you're doing, aren't you glad to be a part of a church that God has used for the years? lady? Come on, we just need to pause sometimes and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. Now, we've talked about your church. How about you? I mean, I don't know about some of you, but I may be speaking to somebody in the house today that if the Lord didn't save you, you might be in jail today. Thank God for his grace and his mercy in this house today. Thank you, Lord, for what you've already done. And we think about that, and I can tell stories about that, I just want to share one thing about my ministry, one story, some things that God's already done. Several years ago, I was invited to East Coast, North Carolina, a town called Grandy. I was invited to preach a Sunday through Wednesday meeting there. It's in the Nags Head Beach area, if you've ever been out in that part of North Carolina. Church of about 300 people. And I, I got up to preach on Sunday morning. Now, I'd been there multiple times, so I had relationship with the people. It's, it's not like it was the first time. So I'm going to pause and... I'm going to talk to you maybe in a way that a preacher has never talked to you. I'm going to quit preaching. I'm just going to share something from my heart for those of us that are in ministry and we're, we're on the stage. Because I know as a follower of Jesus Christ, you understand. The devil does not want the Refresh Conference to be a success. The devil doesn't want your church to succeed. So when we step into a service every single time and we start worshiping and praying and preaching and teaching God's Word, sometimes the enemy tries to interrupt and disrupt. It's spiritual warfare. So here's what I want to tell you that you wouldn't know if we didn't tell you. Sometimes me and other preachers and teachers that come up to teach the Word of God, we get up here and we preach and teach, but it's hard. It's hard. Now, we've prayed and we've prepared and we've studied But when you start teaching and preaching, come on, the devil doesn't want you to receive the word. Not ever. Not ever. So sometimes when we're up here, boy, it's hard, and you can feel the battle. You can feel in the atmosphere that the enemy's trying to block things. Now, you don't ever know that because we don't stop as ministers and say, whew, boy, it's hard today. We don't do that. We don't. What do we do? We just keep going. We, and I, you maybe never had a speaker tell you that, but sometimes it, it, it's hard. But Because we, we know we got a word from God, and we know eventually God's power's greater than the devil's, so we're going to have breakthrough. We're gonna, five of you believe me. Amen. We're going to have breakthrough, but we just keep going, even when. I, I promise if I brought the worship team back up here and gave them a microphone right now, they could tell you the same thing. They they have prepared the songs. They've practiced them. But sometimes when they get up and start leading worship, it's like the enemy shows up and tries to disrupt the service and get people not to worship God. It's hard sometimes. But the worship team never stops and says, Oh boy, it's hard today. What are we going to do? We don't do that. We just just keep going. Now, the reason I shared my heart with you there is simply this. In this church that Sunday morning, where I'd been multiple times, it wasn't like I was new and they're trying to figure me out. That Sunday morning, it was hard. Had a five point message that Sunday morning. Today, I only have two. (laughs) You're welcome. All right, so I had five points, and I gave my introduction. I preached through the first point, but it was hard. Now, I've never done this before, and I haven't done it since. But on that Sunday morning, I did. I stopped. And I just said, oh, there's a heaviness in this house. It's hard today. It's difficult. I'm trying to preach, but I don't feel like my words are getting past the front row. That's how I was talking to the church. I wasn't scolding anybody. I was just sharing my heart. So I said to that church, listen, I'm here for five services and the devil can't have one of them. Come on, I I need somebody at CIL to stand with us and say, never one time that this church meets can the devil have the service. Never. Never one time. He doesn't get it. We're going to worship till we have breakthrough. We're going to preach till we have breakthrough, okay? The devil can't have it, all right? So I told the church, it's hard. I got five services. The devil doesn't get one of them. So we're going to stop and pray. So I had everybody bow their head and close their eyes. And I walk when I preach, and I typically walk when I pray. And so everybody's praying, and I'm kind of down front, and and I'm walking, and I'm praying. I'm coming against heaviness, I'm coming against depression. And that's just the way I'm praying. All of a sudden, true story, something hits me right in the shoulder, startled me, opened my eyes, realized somebody threw something at me. Y'all don't get no ideas up in here, (laughs) hussy. Ladies, quit looking in your purse right now. Some of y'all, true story, somebody threw something at me, it startled me, caught me off guard. I thought, man. So it had hit me in the shoulder and rolled up under the first row of, of the chairs, And I looked, and I can see it's a prescription bottle. Okay, so so I walk over, and I pick it up. I'm still praying because I can multitask. (laughs) And I look at the medication. I'm not a medical person. I'm not a doctor, and I don't play one on TV. But I look at that, and I recognize the prescription because I'd seen a commercial about it on television. It was a depression medication. I knew what it was. So I lifted that bottle of pills up in that Sunday morning service, 300 people in the house, and I said, who just threw this at me? Well, the church had been praying. They had their heads bowed. They had their eyes closed. Well, everybody except for the peekers. Some of y'all peeking and praying. We know y'all peeking and praying. So there's about 10% peekers. About 30 of them saw it the rest of them had their heads bowed and eyes closed about the time i said who did this woman stood up in the very back off on this side of the church back row crying she said preacher i'm sorry it was me she said i don't even go to church here she said i'm here visiting my sister her sister's going oh dear god i brought my sister to church she's throwing things at the preacher but she said something dawned on me preacher while you're praying you're praying against depression and heaviness, and it dawned on me. I've been on depression medication more than half my life. And it made me angry, preacher. She said, I just reached in my purse, got those pills, and slung them. She said, I didn't mean to hit you, preacher. I said, Ma'am, it's all right. I called her to the front, right in the middle of my message. Called to the front, right down in this altar area. I asked some ladies to come pray with. About a dozen ladies probably came and prayed, prayed with her, and they got over here and God began to move. I mean, they all ended up on the floor kneeling and praying and crying. Well, I kind of walked away and left them because how many of you know preacher gonna finish his sermon? <laughs> Y'all not as excited as we are, huh? We gonna finish my message, you know? So they're having. Re- I'm gonna tell you. Point two through five, there was a liberty that hit that room. That depression lifted off of that place. I had liberty to preach. God began to move, not just in that service, but through the entire week. Please hear me. When we came to Wednesday night, I was scheduled to be here. The pastor and I began to talk. God's doing so many good things, we can't stop. That revival that was scheduled for one week ended up going five Weeks, Sunday through Wednesday night. In five weeks, 201 people came to know Jesus Christ as their personal savior in, in five weeks. Something happened in that revival that's never happened to me before or since. In that revival, I would be up and I would be preaching. And the convicting power of God was so strong in the place that before I ever gave an altar call, people would get up out of their seats, come to the altar, and get saved. I didn't even invite them to, but the presence of God was drawing them. I met with the church staff, and I said, listen, if people do that while while I'm preaching, just get up, come pray with them, lead them to Jesus, because how many know the preacher going to finish his sermon? I'm getting less funny as we go on here, aren't I? (laughs) So they, they would just come. It was unbelievable. Week number three of that revival, the woman had gone home, sent an email back to her sister. Her sister was invited by the pastor to get up and share it with the church. And she read to us the email that she had gone back home and to the doctor. And they took her off of all medication. Ladies and gentlemen, one person saw revival in me, and it broke out to us. Can I tell you, God, do it again. Do it again, God. Some of you may have stories. You may have seen a miracle in your spiritual journey. God, do it again. Do it again. Do whatever it, some of y'all scared, we're going to have to come to church every night, ain't ya? Huh? Do it again, God. Our world needs it. Amen. And I'm closing with this. Thank you for not clapping for that. I appreciate that. If he's done it before, he'll do it again, ladies and gentlemen. So, thank God we go in the teaching, what the psalmist is teaching us, but then we get to verse number four, and do you see what he's saying? Restore us again. Restore us again. Do you see verse number six? Revive us again. Oh, Lord, would you send a refreshing to CIL. Thank you for what you've already done, but God, we believe you're going to do it again in Jesus' name. Do it again. Now, again, it's not about the extended nights. It's about you leaving today better than when you came in Jesus' name. Father, thank you that revival is available to us in this house. Thank you for all you've done, all you're going to do. We first give you thanks for all that you've done in the past. You have done it before, Lord. Now, we ask you to do it again. Restore us, God. Revive us, God, in this place. In Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, please. Eyes are closed. I have two questions I'd like to address just very quickly. Two questions. Because as a ministry guest, I... I do not know the spiritual condition of your heart in this house today. Or I don't know the condition of the heart of the people that are watching online. So I just wonder if you're here and you might say, boy, Lynn, I'm not in right relationship with the Lord. He's not the Lord of my life, the Savior of my soul, the sin of my life. I just want you to pray, Lynn, today. I need to make things right between me and Jesus today. I want to pray for you first. If that's you right where you're seated, just put your hand up, make eye contact with me so I'll know you're saying, boy, I need to make things right between me and Jesus today. If you're watching online, we're going to pray a prayer with you today. Ten seconds. going to scan the room one more time. All right, then I'm under the assumption I've preached to 100% believers in this house today. Everyone here is saved on your way to heaven. Friends, I told you that I had two questions. I'd like to ask you to do this with me. Would you please stand with me all over the church? Everyone standing. Now, I'm going to ask you as well to look this way, to look this way. So I'd like to ask every Christian in the place, every follower of Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to respond by an uplifted hand. I'd like to know how many of you today would say to the Lord, not to me, not to Pastor Aaron, but you would say to the Lord, today I'm going to give the Lord permission to start revival in me. Would you put your hand up in me? It starts with me today. So you're going to give God permission to start revival In you. Would you take 60 seconds right now, 60 seconds, right where you're standing, and just pray. Just tell the Lord, Father, start revival in me. I'm going to pray for me. Lord, would you start revival in Lynn Wheeler's heart today? Lord, make me better when I leave this place than I was when I came in. Lord, set me as an individual on fire. Refresh me revive me, restore me today. Lord, I just need a fresh spiritual touch in my life. I just need you to do something brand new, brand new today, today. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Friends, would you just keep your head bowed and eyes closed right now? Listen, I'm... I'm not trying to prolong the service. I'm just prompted of the Spirit to pray a prayer over a group of people in this place right now who have been fighting immense spiritual battles. And spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally, you're exhausted. You have just been fighting the enemy in different forms, but you're exhausted. You want revival. You raised your hand. yet. But, but to be honest in the house today, you are just exhausted in every way because the battle has been intense. I want to pray over you before I turn the service back to Aaron. I'm just prompted of the Spirit. If that's you, let me know who I'm praying for by an uplifted hand. God sees that. God sees that. God sees that. God, would you keep your hand up? Keep your hand up. You don't have to open your eyes. Just keep your hand. But I am going to ask everyone that does not have their hand up, would you open your eyes and look around? This may be abnormal. I just feel led. If you're close to somebody with their hand up, would you lay hands on them and just pray, pray? Pray with them while I pray over you, okay? There's some serious Mentally, physically, emotionally, come on CIO. Let, let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray refreshing right now over those that are just exhausted. Lord, the battle has been intense. The battle has been great. And Lord, we stand in a service wanting a refreshing and wanting a revival. But Lord, in this house today... spent, we're exhausted. Lord, I pray for any of those that might be watching online today, just exhausted. I ask the Spirit of God to go right where they are, Lord. Lord, I ask you to honor the tears that are falling right now because we stand here wanting revival, but the enemy's got us beat down. So I declare over every man, woman, and student right now that has lifted their hand for prayer, I declare they will leave this house revived and refreshed and restored. I declare new energy is coming to your mind, your body, your spirit, and your emotions today. I declare your sleep better than you have slept in months because a reviving spirit and refreshing is coming over you now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody shout, I receive that. Do you receive that? Amen. Come on, let's just lift our hands and give God praise right now. Come on, a refreshing, a refreshing and exhaustion. So I promise, I, I, I apologize, I've gone over time just a little bit. I just want to give you a verse, and I'm going to give this back to Pastor Aaron. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Some 60 or 70 people raised your hand, and I speak the rest over your body now that only comes from Jesus. May you walk in perfect peace. And you be refreshed, revived, and restored in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.